everyone. It's time for another edition of the White Horse Rides. I'm Mark Steven. The CFL regular season is about to end, and that means the final game at McMahon Stadium will be played on November 20th. With that in mind, I thought it might be time to dive into the story of McMahon Stadium. Some of you may know the story of the amazing build of the stadium in 1960. That means the Stampeders have been in McMahon Stadium for about 80% of their history. The stadium went from concept to reality in a very short period of time. Today we visit with John McMahon, yes, a member of the namesake family. We asked him to reminisce about the building of the stadium. It was uh, my father and my uncle. My father's name was George and my uncle's name was Frank McMahon. And the two of them um, agreed that they would, uh, they would donate some money to the, uh, to the city of Calgary, or to, pardon me, to, uh, to build a football stadium. So they each donated uh, $300,000, um, or not each, but they donated a total of $300,000 and then guaranteed bond financing on it. So my, my, uh, my connection is very close, very close. I, you know, I te- I've been attending games there uh, since 1960 when it was built. How do you feel driving by it or going into the stadium? And do people recognize you and know who you are? Who is this famous guy walking into the stands? No, you know what? I, I got to be really honest with you. I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't consider myself famous at all. I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who's, who was, uh, who's lucky enough to have had a dad and an uncle, who were, who were the real movers and shakers. I'm very proud of it. And there are times, there are times, no question, when, when I'll, I'll meet the people who will uh, who will recognize the name and then they ask usually ask the question and then it's it's always a little surprise when people say uh, so you really are connected with that and it's 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 fun it's uh, it's something that I feel very proud of and certainly my my sons and my daughter my grandchildren uh, uh, particularly um, my you know my, my my niece who comes to all the games as well really have a real kick out of it. Um, my granddaughter is kind of cute. She uh, She's four years old. And she was watching a game one day uh, with her dad and she hadn't been very well. So they didn't go to the game, but she looked at, she looked at the screen and she looked at where the, where the game was coming from at man stadium. And she just looked at her dad and said, dad, why aren't we there? John, the story of the stadium being built, it kind of is still jaw-dropping, you know, all these decades later where it went from a concept. I think everyone knew the new stadium was needed as Mawada was crumbling before our eyes. But to go from that to a concept to playing a game was just stunning, the speed and the success and how many things were moved to make it happen. Just take us through the story from your perspective because it's still startling today. Well, you know, it's, it is amazing. Um, so approximately 100 days before the stadium was opened, they started the construction. Um, there was a, you know, there was a will there to get it done. Um, uh, the, the interesting uh, things I've read in, in some of the news clippings that I have read were, for instance, that, that the people who worked on the project, I mean, the people who really in there swinging the hammers and and pouring concrete and and uh, putting you know putting railings on the on the you know so that people could walk up and down. 
safely and, you know, going up and down stairs. All those kind of people particularly took a real interest in seeing this thing happen and getting it done as soon as possible. There was a huge amount of commitment there, apparently, and it, it became not just a job you went to every day to get paid, although they did and they, they were paid well to do it. And no doubt they would have put overtime in as well to make sure it happened. Um, just a just a real commitment that way. And certainly, you know, there, there was some question at one point as to whether or not the stadium would open on time for August 15th. And, you know, I remember reading a, a quote about from my dad, George, who said, no, we're going to get it done. It's going to happen. And a huge reason why this is happening is because the people who are working on this job really care. They really care a lot. So that in itself would, would have been really fun to see. Uh, just one quick aside, I remember finding an art. It was a, it was a, it was a clipping um, from the Calgary Herald, I believe, and it was a cartoon, and it was uh, – a couple of guys were, were were up nailing together a crossbar <clears throat> on a on a on a on a set of goalposts, and there were players coming down the field at them, and they were going, "We're going to get this thing done in time, no problem whatsoever." But you know, the, <clears throat> the idea of thinking that the game was already on and they were still finishing off the, the goalposts <laughs> was. It was kind of cute. That's how close it was. <laughs> uh, John, let me ask, uh, your dad and your uncle, were they football fans or just great civic-minded Calgarians or both? Well, definitely both. My <clears throat> excuse me, my dad lived in Calgary. My, my uncle Frank lived in Vancouver and other places where he did business. But um, dad was a Calgarian. He played football in, in university uh, down at uh, Gonzaga University in Spokane. He, uh, he came up here, um, he, he became a director and then president of the Calgary Stampeders in the 50s, uh, in the late 50s, and then uh, and, and was actually acting or sitting president of the Stampeders when the, uh, when, when the stadium was completed. So they were definitely football fans. My uncle was also a great football fan, but mostly he was a partner of my dad's, and he and my dad did a lot of things together in business as well. And so they, uh, yeah, they had a really good, a really good connection that way. And, and, you know, if one guy wanted to do one thing and he could talk the other one into it, no problem whatsoever. And they'd get the job done. Yeah. And we can't forget too, that when it was built, that was way out there. That was nowhere. (laughs) A lot of dirt tracks (laughs) going by there. Now it is considered prime (laughs) inner city property, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, um, you know, as we know, uh, the, uh, this, the, the the university and the city uh, of the University of Calgary and the city certainly the University of Calgary owns the facility now and they've owned it since the early 70s. Uh, it was turned over completely to them after the uh, after the, the the retirement of the last payment on the bonds uh, that that helped pay for it. Um, they they definitely have have first right of refusal on what that land can be used for. The the university does. And there are, there are going to be uh, many improvements made over the years on what that whole campus looks like right now, if you want to call it that. So you've got the stadium and you've got parking and you've got what used to be Foothills Athletic Park over there, uh, you know, just to the north of it. And you've got the play, you know, the practice fields around it. That area is going to transform itself. And 
I'm excited about that because from all I can gather, they don't have any plans about bulldozing the stadium quite yet. Um, I, you know, and, and I believe that someday it would really be nice to see a covered football stadium in the city where you could have, you know, bigger events and things like that. For the time being, I don't think that's in the cards. Um, I don't, I'm not privy to that kind of information and neither do I really seek it out. Uh, I follow those kinds of stories just like everybody else does. But uh, I think that, you know, the transformation of that area into, into shopping and living area and, and increased, uh, you know, much more efficient parking, um, you know, accessible. It'll be an accessible area where there'll be lots of ramps available and lots of places where people can walk through and enjoy the, enjoy the, the experience of being on a great big place where it is devoted to largely to entertainment, sports, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What would dad and your uncle think of the stadium today? Because obviously there's a lot of pressure to try and get it upgraded or replaced for that matter because it is 60 years old. As I see it, John, the seating bowl when you've got a seat back is tremendous, but it's everything else where things start to fall apart and maybe it hasn't kept up with the 2021. What do you think they'd think of it today? Well, I, I know that my dad, uh, one of the things he uh, he told me, you know, before he, he died in 1978, but one of the things he never, he always would, would, would bring up whenever we were talking about the place was that it was something that, that could be and should be um, increased in terms, of, um, in terms of size and ability to handle more people and things like that. I don't think there's any question that they would look at it and, and it would be very difficult not to compare it with, with uh, Mosaic in, in Regina or, or, or the Winnipeg football stadium, or Ivor, I mean, what is, you know, the Hamilton football stadium, any of, you know, and again, sorry if my names don't, don't come jumping out at me, but um, particularly Winnipeg and Regina have got fabulous stadiums. They're just beautiful. Now, they're not huge seating capacity, but they more than adequately handle the load that is necessary. So I don't think there's any doubt that they would say, you know, they weren't people, they wouldn't have been holding on to it 60 years later and saying, oh, you know, we can't let this go because this is, you know, that that just wouldn't, that just wouldn't fly for them, I'm sure of it. That's John McMahon, son of stadium co-founder George McMahon. We talked briefly about a new stadium and certainly everyone's on board with that idea. Maybe we need to repeat history from the 1950s to get a new stadium built. There is a story, and it may even be true, about how the idea for a new stadium began. Apparently, the then general manager, Jim Finks, invited local media types for a Christmas get-together after the 1959 season. After the season was analyzed, discussion turned to the need for a new stadium. Mawada was crumbling. It just couldn't last much longer. Well, some local media types, no doubt fortified by their Christmas cheer, apparently grabbed a cab, then went downtown and barged into Frank McMahon's office. Unannounced, unexpected. They told McMahon the team needed to be saved. He was part of the richest family in town, so could he put up the resources for a new stadium. Well, we just heard from John that the family did put up resources to get the stadium going. Whether that was a result of the noisy visit to the office, I'm not sure, but it's a great story. I'm Mark Steven, The White Horse Rides.